Father, we do just that. We, we enter in. We have this incredible privilege of entering into your presence. Father, through your Holy Spirit in us, through our faith in what you did, Jesus, on the cross for us, through your word that you've given us, we enter into your presence. Your presence that, that makes mountains shake. Your presence that calls angels into eternity of praise day and night. We enter into your presence, God. We pause just to acknowledge the incredible, humbling privilege that that is. Wherever we are in this moment, wherever, what, whether we're at home or, or in a car or in an office, we can be in your presence, God. I pray that we would hear you in this place. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Covenant family, it is a blessing to be with you again. I miss you all, and I so enjoy the moments that that I have with many of you throughout the week as we're able to sit down often in the midst of God's creation and it is so good to have those moments with you in the midst of missing many of you. You might remember last week, David challenged us to be writing our own psalms. And this, this challenge was in anticipation of this uh, sermon series that will now take us through the rest of the summer. This sermon series where we will be walking through the psalms. And so David's challenge to us was for us to write our own psalms, a way of um, processing, practicing some processing life with the Lord and, and articulating that in words. Several of us have done that and posted that on our Private Covenant Facebook page. And, and it has been so fun and, and encouraging and challenging to see and listen to what some of you have written and posted there. So thank you for participating in that. And, and I know from my own experience, just the, the practice of, of doing that was a just really a beautiful therapeutic experience and a beautiful conversation with the Lord as I tried to, tried to put to words what was going on in my mind as I had a conversation with the Lord about life right now. So really our, our desire behind that challenge and, and really behind this series is to foster intimacy between us and, and God to encourage us and equip us to facilitate us processing life with our Heavenly Father. Now, if we're honest, I think we'll realize that, that ultimately the only thing that can sustain us in a weary season is intimacy with our Father. You know, I think about this weary season, and I think about myself. I'm a, I'm a relatively carefree, easygoing person. So for me in this season, putting on caution, putting on appropriate caution for the, for the many reasons that we need to put that on in this season, that is 
exhausting to me. I am not a cautious person. To live in caution right now is absolutely draining. I am weary. And I want to always see my weariness in this season in a a proper context. I know that there are 2.1 billion people around the world who do not have access to clean water on a daily basis. I know that Christians in Syria fear for their lives. The, The Voice of the Martyrs reports that every six minute, a Christian somewhere in our world is killed for following Jesus. I know that there are ethnic minorities who who struggle daily with disadvantages and discrimination. I know that there are children in our community who who suffer because they do not have, um, they have uncertainty and instability in regards to some of the basic needs for their fragile lives. I don't point these things out to argue that my worries or that our worries are insignificant. The discomfort and the inconvenience that COVID-19 has brought into my life is real for me, regardless of how it compares to others' circumstances. And it's helpful for me to have others' circumstances in view to remind me of a broader perspective of God's care for his people across the world. God cares for people across the world who have a myriad of challenges. So as I, as I have this broader perspective, reading through the Psalms helps me process life with God, both my own circumstances and the circumstances of others. In life's varying levels of joy and pain, of mystery and exhaustion, the Psalms offer us examples of conversations with God in the midst of all of that. In the next several weeks, what we want to do as a church family is lean into the Psalms to have some honest conversations with God about life and to spur one another on along the way. This morning, we'll look at Psalm 100, verses 1 through 3, and and you will see it on the screen there, but I want you to also go get your Bible and look to your Bible. You're not always going to have a screen with you, but I want you to get used to using the tool of your Bible. So enjoy that it's on in front of you on a screen, but get your Bible so that you can look at these verses. Children, that's you as well. I want you to find your Bible and, and pull find Psalm 100 verses 1 through 3. The screen won't be up constantly. The words won't be up constantly as I'm talking. And as I say things about this verse, I want you to be able to have it in front of you and look at it. So Psalm 100, verse 1 through 3 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship him with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. As we walk through uh, these verses this morning, I want to process three things with you. I want to process um, solid joy, sincere worship, and uh, submissive trust. 
So we look at this first verse, verse 1, as it says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Now, the picture that comes to my mind when I see this is, is a picture of my four-year-old, well, four-year-old then daughter, now 12 years old, um, just with joy all over her face. And, and here's the reality, though. Um, what, if, what if I don't feel like that? What if I don't feel like shouting for joy? What if I feel like shouting for some other reason? Like, like masks, they distract me, they annoy me. I don't feel like I'm myself when I wear them. I, I, I'm, it, I feel like I'm doing it wrong. Um, you know, living in caution, like I told you before, I don't know how careful I'm supposed to be in life right now. I don't know how careful my children are supposed to be in life right now. I'm tired of reading articles about COVID-19. I just want to be with people again. I'm sick of being so cautious. I, I just want to shout, but I want to shout out of exasperation. So shout for joy I mean, I see people fighting and tearing one another apart over masks and politics and racial inequality, how or why um, schools should or shouldn't open. I want to shout out of fatigue and frustration. So maybe this picture better represents how you are feeling in this moment. All of this all of this is good and right to process with the Lord. And we process these things with the Lord rather than letting this shout for joy statement push me away because it's not what I feel in the moment. Rather than dismiss it as out of touch, I want to encourage you to receive it as an invitation to lean in with, with questions and honesty with the Lord as you approach his word. Saying, God, you know, honestly, you know how messed up and painful this world is. How can you tell me to shout for joy right now? This is the kind of interaction that brings God's word to life. I encourage you to be quiet for a moment. When you're quiet for a moment, you'll see that, that the Holy Spirit will speak into that moment. Not always with answers, but always with presence. Have you been quiet before the Lord recently? I encourage you to try that. When you're going to his word daily, which I hope that you're doing, I, I encourage you this week to try to be silent before the Lord, before you enter into his word. Be completely quiet for two minutes. And just listen. Then go to his word and, and read the passage or whatever you're reading for that day or whatever devotional reading. And then, and then at the end, close that time again with two minutes of silence. And just listen to what the Spirit has to say to you. Listen to the things that the Spirit is going to put on your mind. It's, it's in moments like that of, of listening to his Spirit that that the Lord has, has shown me, has reminded me that, you know, I used to think of there's joy and there's sorrow. And joy is up, sorrow's down. Joy is good, sorrow's bad. Joy is uh, understanding God and sorrow is misunderstanding God or sorrow is missing God. And, and the Lord showed me as I quieted myself and listened that, 
that that's really a sideways view of life. So it's really, it's a sideways view of life. And if I'm to look at it the right way, I realize that, that joy and sorrow, they exist together on the same plane of processing life with God. When I, when I move, I don't see God more fully um, when I'm looking at joy than when I'm looking at sorrow. When I, when I get deeper with the Lord, um, when I move deeper into my understanding of my joy, that can move me into a deeper presence of God. When I move um, deeper into my understanding of sorrow, that can move me deeper into an understanding with God. It's not that these two compete with one another or neutralize one another, but they live in view of one another. So I think about right now in this COVID season, um, you know, I think about the gift of my wife, Amanda, and the gift of my children, Ashley and Ryan and Josiah, and, and we have um, less evening commitments in this season and some more time together in this season. And, and that, that I, I am reminded of what a gift they are, and that brings me joy. And at the same time, I am sad and I mourn the loss of time with others, of spending time with others the way that we used to. And it's true that there is joy and sorrow. They don't disqualify each other, but they live in view of one another. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Jesus wept over Lazarus, um, and the very next moment, he rose Lazarus from the dead. In order, for, in order to uh, shout for joy to the Lord, I do not need to abandon sorrow. And in the same way, in order for me to cry out in sorrow, I do not need to abandon joy. When I shout for joy, sorrow is still in view. What I'm describing is solid joy as opposed to something flimsy. The call in Psalm 100 to shout for joy is real and reasonable because solid joy does not require the absence of sorrow. It exists alongside it. We all have reason for both deep joy and deep sorrow. I hope you'll receive this not as judgment, but as permission giving, that you can feel and express joy while feeling sorrow. While I'm frustrated about the disruption to my life that COVID-19 has caused, and I mourn the plight of abused and neglected children in our community, I can also shout for joy that the, the Father has given me, a sinful and stumbling person, the, the right to have access to peace with God. That's solid joy. So we shout for joy to the Lord. We worship him with gladness. We come before him with joyful songs. We've talked about this, the gladness and the joy part of that. And I, I want to focus in this moment on um, worship. What is it to worship as we read in verse 2? Sincere worship involves adoration and allegiance. So adoration, when I think about um, do I adore the Lord? 
You know, it's easy for us to adore, sadly, ourselves, um, to adore our comforts, to adore our hobbies. You know, we can think of all these examples of how we adore something frivolous. But do we adore the Lord? Are we truly in love with him? Do we wake up in the morning um, looking forward to pleasing and serving him? Do we think of him first and ourselves second? Do you adore the Lord? Sincere worship is also about allegiance. So I can think, you know, am I committed to the Lord? Are our actions and decisions based on glorifying his name or on securing our own comfort and advancement? How many things in life am I doing to secure my comfort and advancement? And how focused am I on that rather than doing the things that perhaps the Lord is calling me to do? Rather than being fixated first on doing things that bring him glory? Does your life trajectory point to Jesus and act like Jesus? What is your life proclaiming most loudly? That's probably a sign of the thing or the one to which you're giving your allegiance. Sincere worship is adoration and allegiance. It's again at this point in processing this psalm that we could register this call to worship as judgment or burden, or we could receive it as an invitation and a reminder that this is the beautiful and difficult purpose for life into which we have been called and created. Submissive trust. This is the third thing that I want you to reflect on as we are processing this psalm. Verse 3 says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So he is God, and I am human. He is creator, and I am created. He is shepherd, and I am sheep. We are his. There's a radical call to submission, to, to submissive trust in this. And there is a comforting statement of value and protection in this. If he is God, then he knows better than I do what is best for me. Do you believe that? If I belong to him, then I should obey him. Do you believe that? If I am the sheep and he is the shepherd, then not only do I rightly belong under his care and supervision, but I'm actually in desperate need of his care and supervision. Do you believe that? I think submissive trust sounds like a great biblical concept, but it's really pretty difficult. It's difficult for us to live out so here's a picture, and this may seem unrelated, but here's a picture of our family dog named Cooper. After getting Cooper as a puppy, uh, we received some help getting Cooper trained because Cooper was insane. So, so we get this help getting him trained, and one of the things that our trainer um, taught Cooper is the command, uh, settle. 
So, so the, we will tell Cooper, settle, and he gets into this position, um, which is this p very submissive position. He's on his back, which I imagine is pretty uncomfortable. He's on one of our laps, and he spreads all his legs out. Cooper needs to learn to completely submit to and trust us to do some uncomfortable things that are for his own good. So when we have him in settle, he needs to let us play with his paws, which he doesn't like, to play with his ears, which is uncomfortable, to look at his teeth, which is annoying, to play with his tail, to do all of these things because there are times where we are going to need to examine his teeth, to clip his nails, to look at his ears. So he needs to get used to trusting us in this uncomfortable position. You can see this video of, of how this works when it's working well. Oh, that was the, well, so there you go. That was actually the example of how uh, Cooper would rather have it work with him wiggling away because he doesn't want to sit in submission. Here's, here's how it should look. So here's my question. When I think about that, I think that that verse 3 in this passage is instructing us to settle in the lap of our maker. Are you doing a good settle right now? You saw the alternative in that previous video. What, um, what Cooper wants to do, what we want to do, is wiggle out to get away so is, is my heart, my soul, my life posture one of settle before the Lord? Lord, here I am, do with me what you please. Or are we wiggling away out of our own discomfort or desire to do what we want to do with our life? God is inviting each of us to settle in his capable hands. That is to trust in his saving work on the cross, to trust in his calling to a life of kingdom work here on earth. Submissive trust is uncomfortable, but it is what, what we are called to do. It is what we do when we know that the Lord is God, that he, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. I hope that you will spend some more time reflecting on Psalm 100 this week, that you would reflect on solid joy and sincere worship and submissive trust. I want to encourage you this week at some point to go to our website, uh, covenantepc.org, and you go to grow-group-resources and click on Amplify. And this is for us, kind of a, a weekly discipleship guide where, where we give ideas on how you can continue to interact with this teaching in your Monday through Saturday. Because I want you, I want us to not just think about this on Sunday morning, but, but for this to guide the way we act Monday through Saturday. So I encourage you to go there and continue reflecting on this psalm with your friends, with your children. We serve 
an incredible God who's inviting us to rest in his hands, to have solid joy, to have sincere worship, and to put submissive trust in him. I hope you'll do that this week. Father, we look to you. We love you. We trust you. May it be this week that that we could put that love and worship into action, that we could put that trust into action. Empower us this week, God. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.